What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560. Ed Livo is a longtime friend and a wonderful person. Uh, another thing I'd like to mention um, that I'm getting ready to, to help is that I am still, um, you know, filling in a partial, of course, a little toe at a time. Uh, we aren't talking about my feet today, but anyway, we might. But anyway, so I just wanted to say I am still working with the Homeward Bound organization that my dad had, you know, brought out of a parking lot to create a vegetable garden. Uh, over in Nevada, and I've got uh, Kawahara Nursery will be helping us out with some starts. So I wanted to start plugging away out there. I uh, I, I uh, found a found my way in there. Um, they are going to help us out with some starts, and I'm very excited about that. Kawahara is a a great nursery out of Morgan Hill, and uh, they're wholesale grower that um that has been around for a very long time and they do know what they're doing <laughs> all right so let's go ahead and introduce my guest ed Livo. good morning ed and you are from virtual nursery or tomorrow's harvest i am i am i am there ed? Am. there you are <laughs> yep. good morning good morning how are you eating we i think we have a delay and a half i i well, let's see if I can get through the delay, and then we'll be really good. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah. I messed up my foot, and I don't know what's wrong. Anyway, um, so good morning. So tell us a little bit about your about the company, and also um, then we'll go into, you know, what we really wanted to talk about, which was the rain, et cetera. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I'm with Virtual Nursery. I'm the sales and marketing director, and I'm a fruit tree specialist. Been a fruit tree specialist for many, 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 many years, and um, worked for a lot of different companies. Virtual Nursery uh, is a fruit tree specialist, which specializing nursery, which deals primarily in almonds. We supply almonds to major part of the uh, California almond growers and worldwide, as a matter of fact, and then. We have a home garden division, and uh, that home garden division deli- um, ships uh, fruit trees to the retail nurseries, uh, ships uh, uh, fruit trees to uh, Home Depot, She, uh, or pardon me, not Home Depot, but to uh, Costco. Um, the big 15 gallons you see in uh, Costco today are all from uh, Virtual Nursery. And then the um, uh, we have our own retail division, which is called Tomorrow's Harvest, and that's online at tomorrowsharvest.com. And, um, yeah, we do it all. <laughs> yes, you do. You do quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, tell yeah, us yeah. right now, um, what's the hot sellers? What What are people just going crazy on the retail end um, getting right now this time of year? Well, I mean, at least for our market, Shernui, the Shernui Mandarin, also known as the Sumo, uh, that's probably about the biggest seller we have online uh, for our retail. It's number, it's the number one. It has been for a long time. People are really excited about mandarins in general, and 
And uh, tomorrow's harvest, uh, we have just a, a whole array of wonderful mandarin varieties, including the Sharanui, which is, like I said, it's the sumo. Um, and uh, let's see, I, you know, the donut-style peaches and nectarines, which we also have a, an abundance of, uh, like pink halo, scarlet halo, um, you know, some of the um, um, honey honey halo. Uh, these are all just the donut style. People just love that bite size, throw it in your, you know, lunch pail kind of uh, mandarin or, uh, I mean, pardon me, uh, nectarine or peach. So those have nectarine. been really, really mm-hmm. popular as well. Wonderful. And those are things that you just uh, don't normally see out there. I mean, they're not, uh, you know, as uh, they're not as orchard harvesting types of fruits that you might end up with at Safeway or or even Farmer's Market. Well, I think the Shiranui, the sumo, the sumo actually gets its push from being in the grocery store. A lot mm-hmm. of people, you know, look at it and I mean, it's it's a god awful, ugly look, looking piece of fruit. But boy, oh boy, it sure is special, you know, as far as its flavor is concerned. But I mean, there are such there's such an array of great varieties of mandarins now, like the gold nugget and the pixie and the Lenova and the page. And I mean, there's so many wonderful varieties of mandarins. That, I mean, I call this the era of the mandarin because mandarins have probably just mm-hmm. superseded people's appreciation for um, citrus. I mean, pardon me, uh, for mm-hmm. uh, oranges and um, maybe shy of the car. Car car is sure has come on strong, and that's a good seller as well for us. Is the car car orange? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, all these in and California. That's the red fruit, yeah, right? I read. Yeah, that's the red fleshed mm-hmm. one, right? Car-car. Yeah, and all these are exciting mm-hmm. varieties that you can grow in Northern California. I mean, you know, we're in the we're in the breadbasket of home home gardening. I mean, you can grow just about anything here, you know, including avocados, which. You know, we have avocados mm-hmm. um, at uh, Tomorrow's Harvest as well. But And there's, you know, uh, avocados require protection in Northern California um, until they get established. And um, But, you know, I mean, we're milder than we used to be, like, say, 20 years ago. So uh, avos seem to be pretty, pretty much liking it up here now. Are they, um, are, are the uh, citrus or the mandarins, are they, well, for... Um, let's go specific. <laughs> the Shiranui is—is is it a dwarf variety? Oh yeah, yeah. We or grow standard. on C35. Yeah, we grow on C35. They're all—they're all semi-dwarfs, not not dwarfs. Um, semi-dwarfs. Most of the dwarfing rootstocks um, for citrus, even for deciduous fruit, I'm pretty critical of those as well. But you know, the the um, most of those are have their own set of problems and. So I'm not necessarily, you know, a fan of dwarfing rootstocks. Semi-dwarf, you know, I, I can tolerate that. But, man, if you want to control the size of your fruit tree, you just get out your old pruning shears and keep it any size you want to, and it doesn't matter what fruit tree it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, I have a problem with my orange tree. It's a, it's a, it's a big one, and I'm sitting there going, oh, I just got to bring it down to size. I just got to br- – oh, but look at all the lovely fruit on top, huh? I guess yeah. I'll wait. but if you never let it i can't get the fruit on top but oh well (laughs) but if you never let it get that size if you always just keep it small then then you're then you're really in good shape yeah too late anyway um (laughs) i'll get there i'll get there um, okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about this. This uh, the water situation. I know um, 
Certainly, we've always said, you know, put your put your fruit trees up on a mound, make sure that the drainage is good, make sure before you dig a hole for a fruit tree that you fill it with water and see how fast it dissipates before planting, all of that wonderful stuff. Well, now we're in it, you know what I mean? You know, so now what do we do when we realize that we've got a puddle around our citrus, for instance, or our nectarine? Um, start with that situation first, you know, how do we go afterwards and, and, uh, fix the drainage a little bit? Well, I'll tell you what, here's, here's, there's, there's a couple of ways to approach that. One the first way I'd approach that, and that's pretty much what I've been pretty much promoting lately in, you know, in how you deal with an opportunity like we have right now with, with as much rain as we mm-hmm. have, you know, you can look at your yard and you can tell, you know, where the drainage, drainage issues are. And boy, now is the time to identify those because what you just stated is probably a bigger problem. And that is, what about those trees that you planted five years ago that now are sitting in a puddle of water? And that's a little bit more right. difficult to deal with. You know, I mean, you can channel that water away. But as a matter of fact, what that also suggests is that that groundwater has come up and it it's not moving very quickly. So even if you channel, channel the surface water away, the root system that is down even deeper in the ground is probably inundated with water. And of course, that water is not moving and so it lacks oxygen. And because it lacks oxygen, that really can be to the detriment of the fruit tree. That's why we recommend right. elevating in most planting situations in the home garden simply because you don't know whether or not the drainage is going to be ideal given the heavy rain periods like we're having right now. So identify those periods Mm -hmm. or where those problem spots are in your yard right now. That's to your advantage. Right. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a breather um, and come back to this subject in a few minutes. Uh, So hang on and we'll be right back. And Anthony is our producer. And if there's any calls, you can call 808-5600. That's 415 area code 808-5600. And come join the party. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose, to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden on Talk Radio 560. Yeah, actually, Birchall uh, Nursery out of Oakdale, I think they are. I don't know. They're all over they the place. Are. In fact, you just said <laughs> that they have trees in Costco. I am so surprised, but I'm happy too because that's, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those places that I have seen so many trees leave that place. I'm good as a better quality than we've had before, you know? <laughs> well, we do, we, anyway, we do most of the um, big specimens, those big. 15-gallon specimens. Okay. Um, that's what we do at Costco. Right. So, I mean, those are special trees. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, 
they're grown for a whole year before we even ship them out. And, and um, yeah, that, that, that's an exciting program. I, I've always, I'm, I'm impressed that we can put such a nice tree in, you know, in such a, um, let's, let's just call it a not typical environment. <laughs> there we go. I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah so All right. And uh, so, yeah, it, oh, no, precisely. I mean, nurseries versus wherever you can, you know, do it for sure. I mean, I did buy an orchid from Costco. I really am kind of like trying to figure out why I did that. But it was yellow and I was in a mood. I needed something bright and cheery in my life. And I just picked it up. It's, it hasn't done very well, but it, it it served a purpose at the time. So it's perfectly fine. You know, we'll we'll see what happens to it. But um, you yeah. go from there. But yeah, no, it sounds like it's it's going to be kind of interesting uh, going forward. Um the nursery trade and all the rest of that stuff. Um, yeah. Anyhow, let's let's jump right back into the 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 water situation because, as we said, what do you you know? My thing was, what do you do once your puddle is formed? And your idea is, well, you know, where that puddle is, don't plant there again, obviously. Uh, but uh, yeah, so carry on. <laughs> well, I, I really think that the big challenge, you know, is going to be for those people that have planted, and like I said, in the last five years. And, you know, for as long as I've been doing this, I've gone through about five different periods in my entire career where we've gone through extended periods of drought, which ended in these just enormous rain periods. And so it's more typical Mm -hmm. of California than it is not. And so it really Mm -hmm. behooves one to pay attention during these really wet periods as to how your drainage goes in your yard. And I think the reason why I... You know, back in my urban tree farm days, back when I worked up in Santa Rosa in the late 70s and early 80s, um, I started, that was one of those periods where we had heavy rains after a long period of drought and, and people were losing fruit trees all over the place. And I started to look at some of the farmers and how they planted and they planted on berms or mounds. Um, and so mm-hmm. I said, well, you know, I wonder if that applies to the home garden. And sure enough, it did. So we started really getting aggressive about recommending raised bed planters, mounding. You know, if you're going to raise bed plant, you want to take and make a raised bed planter about three foot square, at least 12 inches high. And I always recommend filling it full of native soil. And then uh, if you want to do a mound, you got to go 24 inches high and about four foot wide. Um, and that is because mounds settle. And so, that way you can take and maintain the mound so that it comes out to be somewhere between 12 and 15 inches high. And what that does mm-hmm. is that establishes the root system above the soil line, meaning that no matter how wet the soil gets underneath the ground, there's this little bit of oxygen that's feeding, being fed through this root system that's established above the soil line. And keeping those those roots that are down inundated with water for long periods of time during these wet periods, keeping those roots nice, nice and healthy and, and oxygenated. Right. So that it's like having yeah, a definitely. snorkel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can survive this. We've done it before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, always, I always tell people, if you want to know how a root feels after you know three months in the you know inundated with moisture, you just go home, you fill your bathtub full of water you stick your head in the water for three months and pull your head pull yourself out after that time then check yourself out you'll know exactly how the root of a tree feels <laughs> well i i hope some dormancy uh 
has something to do with survivability, though. I mean, uh, although I mean, I wouldn't wish no, this upon I, any evergreen, but I think I think it's 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 the oxygen factor, you know, because our you know, because mm-hmm. when our grounds get saturated like this, moisture just uh, the water just doesn't move through the soil that fast, and so the the lack of oxygen around that root causes diseases, and one in particular called Phytophthora which attacks as a water, mm-hmm. soil bore water mold, and it'll attack those roots and damage those roots considerably. So, you know, mounding and, and raised beds really are the way to avoid that problem, especially when you're planting in a period where you don't know how good your drainage is. It's good just to mound or, or elevate your, your planting of your fruit tree anyways. That's to your benefit. Mm-hmm. All right. And so, um, so what what's going to happen to these trees that have been underwater for this winter? Um, like, say, oh, let's let's jump to something like a an apricot. The, uh, all the different problems that an apricot might have because of this type of winter. First off, the the rain is happening while the plant is blooming. You were talking about your plucots or your pluots. Um, yeah, yeah, the, plum, the proper yeah, name the, is. Any- Anything, yeah. The plump, the, the pluots um, bloom early because they have that apricot gene in them, and so mine. I mean, I have a collection of them here at my house, and and they all short of uh, flavor king wasn't in full bloom. Uh, flavor queen was not in full bloom. They don't pollinate one another though, unfortunately. But dapple dandy and flavor supreme uh, were in full bloom right when this last batch of heavy rain came through. And so consequently, I don't know if I'm going to get any fruit on those two varieties. Um, but mm-hmm. the burgundy plum I have started to bloom, and it's got a really unique physiology where it actually, when the weather gets nasty, it just quits blooming. And so I love the oh, burgundy plum nice. for that reason. And I also love it because it's a great pollinator for all the all of my favorite uh, ah. pluot or plum apricot crosses. It's one of the best. All right. Do you have any apricots? Just straight? No, no, I don't have any apricots. Mm-hmm. Just, just I have pluots. Um, but um, yeah, and I mean, um, I, you know, I, some of the apriums are all right. I like those. Uh, my favorite apricot's going to be golden sweet. That's got that gene that actually says, you know, if the weather's nasty, it'll slow down um, blooming and. Mm. I don't know. Are you, do you remember Nancy Garrison? She used to work down in in the uh, Master Gardeners uh, down in, I, I believe, it was Santa Clara County. And um, I, she, I've heard her name. On. Yeah. Oh, she she's a fabulous mm-hmm. woman. She's retired now from the Master Gardeners. Um, she uh, turned me on to Golden Sweet back when I was still with Dave Wilson, and uh, and I tasted mm-hmm. it, and I and she told me how productive it was at her house and. And then I kind of kept up with it year after year. And I don't tell anybody about this because at that time I was with Dave Wilson. Well, now I'm with Virtual Nursery and we have the Golden Sweet. So I want everybody to know <laughs> that it's a, it's a real dependable variety and delicious to boot. But And then an apricot's definitely the white knockout is absolutely one of the best apricots I've ever eaten. And so that one should be a part of my collection. It's not, but it will be. Um, White knockout. Uh, Andy Mariani, my dear friend down in uh, Morgan Hill, um, that's one of his favorites. And so we, um, we're, I mean, we, we just get really excited when the white knockout's right. 
<laughs> Tis uh, almost the season. Well, we don't know what will happen with the season. That this rain has been torrential in in so many ways. I mean, it's been much heavier than um, you know than than recent years um, of rain. <laughs> rainy years so i i feel that it's definitely the flower knockoff oh sorry go ahead it's a blessing though because if you think about it i mean you know we were right on the precipice of being in our fourth year of really really severe drought and you know had we not had a you know a, a situation like this i think you know we would have been in for some really strict uh, mandates coming down for both commercial and the home garden and, and residential. And I, and I don't know mm-hmm. if anybody, you know, is really prepared for that, you know? Um, so right. this is kind of one of those, you know, let's, let's, let's God. be very great. Yeah. let be very grateful for, you know, the fact that uh, our reservoirs are filling up, our groundwater is being recharged right now. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll get mm-hmm. a little bit more time to think our way through living in a dry state like California and how we're going to go forward and how the municipalities are going to deal with that and how the commercial growers are going to deal with that. It's a, it's a big challenge, and I think we're all aware of how serious it is in California. Yeah, we're all in it for sure, definitely. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, yeah. um, hang, if you don't mind hanging on for the whole show, because this is so much fun talking to you. Um, so I always have questions for you. Um, we, we'll take our um, our extra break here, and then we'll have another one at quarter of, just just so you guys can plan ahead, you know. But in the meantime, if you've got a question for Ed um, or me or, or what have you, feel free to call and interrupt us anytime at uh, 415-808-5600. That's 415-808-5600. And we'll be back after these wonderful sponsor messages. This is Bob Tannum in the garden on Talk Radio 560 KSFO. And uh yep, that's the show I'm doing. It's I'm going to keep the name. <laughs> um and I have my guest on with uh with us this morning Ed Livo from Tomorrow's Harvest and Birchall Nursery, actually more Birchall Nursery and Tomorrow's Harvest is part of the company, uh, the retail and the uh, wholesale and the the wholesale retail side of it all. <laughs> Welcome back in. Uh, yeah, I don't know what we're doing. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. All right. So, um, we're carrying on. If I, if there is a, oh, did I, I, I don't know. I just kind of bumbled around there and got somewhere. I don't know. I, I did want to let Anthony know. Anthony is my producer this morning. Um, I think David hopefully will be back next week and I, I miss him dearly, but I also really like Anthony. Uh, and, I, I just so you know, I don't see any calls coming in on my call screen. So if there are one, you can interrupt us, uh, anytime as well, Anthony. Okay, great. Okay. That's the, the third wall thing or whatever you call that. A fourth wall. Anyway, Ed, so good morning. Yeah. Um, tell morning. us a little bit more about, uh, we were talking about the drought. We were actually, you were going on about how we are preparing ourselves because we have been through such a savage, uh, savage drought. I don't know if we use that word all of a sudden there. Uh, uh, but it was, it was pretty horrific. I, like I mean, it. yeah, yeah, it yeah. is pretty horrific. Absolutely. It was, yeah, extra- I don't think, I, I mean, you actually, I, I don't, I, I, mm-hmm. sorry. Go ahead. I, <laughs> I, like I said, I was just going to say, I, I don't think, you know, people don't really realize that, you know, if we had the 70, pardon me, yeah, the late 70s drought again right now, 
um, and it it really was a little bit shorter rated, we'd be in really bad shape right now. And so, I mean, there's just all these different things going on right now that actually are playing in our favor. And I'll tell you what, I'm more grateful than anything. I'll I'll take a years not getting my Flavor Supreme Pluots, you know, to get some mm-hmm. water back in the reservoirs. And the groundwater. I mean, that, I think that was where I was going to go next, was the groundwater yeah. was so severely impacted. And we really have no clue um, how much these cities were built built up on top of aquifers and then to oh, yeah. allow those aquifers to i'm not pronouncing it right to sink you know was is is going to be a devastating effect that we really haven't even taken advantage taken good look at yet you know i mean that was bad so trying to replenish I think, them i mean we hope that the structure's still there i i think that the i think that the state you know is is fully aware of that and they're and they're paying a lot of attention to it and and then you know when you look at all of the different farming entities you know in the state right now they're all aware of it and they're all working you know together to try to make sure that the uh, balance of how we you know utilize distribute our our water resources within the state become more of Mm -hmm. well let's let's say less political and more um, unified so that um, it complements, mm-hmm. you know, all, all everybody's everybody's requirements. You know, there's we just have a lot of people in the state. We have a lot of great agriculture in the state, and and it takes you know good cooperation and negotiation, you know, amongst all of the people concerned, you know, to make sure that our water resources are managed correctly, and then of course delved and delivered um, fairly. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, this cold snap is something that's very interesting as well. Um, I, you know, this is something I, I don't ever remember. I remember when I was a kid that you would always kind of possibly get a snow flurry in strange areas, you know, in December, late December, January, January was always the, the month. And then you know, then it turned into January being paradise weather, and then all of a sudden, you're, now we're back to what is this? It's almost what month is it now? It's it's March, and it's cold. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 I mean, you know, I, I am getting older, and yes, cold does affect me a little bit more than than it had, but I still don't think it. Re- I remember frost damage. I mean, my dad did. I mean, he he brought in. Um, one of his one of his early days in the nursery, he brought in flats of impatience um, in April. You know, ready for the spring, ready for Easter, blah blah blah, and then it froze, and he it just wiped out all the flats he bought in. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, okay, but that doesn't take a heavy frost, right? And we've had some pretty heavy frosts in in uh, I don't know, I, maybe I'm just babe, being a baby. <laughs> No, you know, I mean, it, it, it's been a chilly, it, it's definitely been a chilly year so far. And I, I think we probably had one of the best dormancies, you know, going into this year as far mm-hmm. as, you know, the, how the trees went dormant. I mean, if you look at the intensity yeah. of the bloom this year uh, on everything, on ornamentals and edibles alike, the intensity of the bloom is tremendous because trees went dormant. They went hard dormant. They haven't gone hard dormant in years. You know, they've really been, you know, what I call soft dormant. They just kind of finally give up and drop their leaves. But um, in this year, I mean, we got some great cold early, and but not severe. So it really wasn't the damaging kind of cold like we've had in so many years in the past. 
where we get um, more mild, mild, mild. And then one time in December, you know, we go into sub-zero, <laughs> you know, yeah. that damages all the citrus and avocados and everything around. But, no, this year has been pretty predictable. But, you know, I remember, I guess it was, was it 2002, 2006, 2007, where it rained into, I think it rained into May and June. So, mm-hmm. you know, California is... Yeah, and it California snowed in the mountains late, wonder. too. Oh yeah, yeah. snow in the mountains mm-hmm. late, and mm-hmm. yeah, this I, th- we're we are primarily a dry state, and typically mm-hmm. the way these dry periods end is with these devastating rains, and so the devastating rains typically in the past have done more damage, and so they're more memorable, and and than the long periods of drought. But you know, mm-hmm. when you think about it, the uh, you know the population has grown significantly, you know, so that now. That that tide could change where the long periods of drought could actually become much, much more severe to the greater population of California than these mm. periods of uh, very, very heavy rains, rains which tend to correct things. It's a, it's a long history. Yeah. You can look at it. It's fascinating, you know, that California is dry most of the time, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and then we get hammered. Yeah, there's songs written about that. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Okay, so um, that's that's good. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure who's talking now because my 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 thing has a delay, and I'm like, oh. Uh, so why don't we actually? What was that? I can still get that taken care of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're still alive. All right. Um, and we do still have, uh, you know, we have opportunity to answer calls if people are interested. It's 808-5600. Um, Ed and I can chat the whole hour, <laughs> you know, but we do. We are, we're okay with calls as well. And that's uh, 415-808-5600. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds when the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Um, so let's talk about, all right, so we talked about mound planting And we talked about um, deciduous trees. And, you know, a lot of our listeners always have at least one orange or one lemon. And a lot of pictures are coming around now. Um, Oh, I have colors on line one and two. Okay, so let's go to line one because I don't have any other information here. Uh, Good morning. How are you today? Good morning. Can you hear me? There we go. Yep. Hello? Oh, okay. Um, uh, this sure. is for the host, uh, uh, guest host. I want to ask him, okay, so uh, my, my citrus are flowering, but right now there's a lot of rain, there's a lot of wind, and the birds love the flowers for the sweetness. So what does the guest host suggest, uh, a cover or fertilizing to maintain the flowers because the flowers are important in order to produce fruit, right? Um, so what, what is his tips to maintain the flowers against all the natural uh, predators? 
<laughs> well, I, I don't know if you have any. I don't. I don't think you have to worry about birds or insects or things like that. You know, and citrus is mostly wind pollinated anyway, so you really want you know to just let you know let the the plant do its thing, so to speak. Um, you know, of course, the rains can could be a hindrance, and we could see that the you know rains could interfere with the, even the distribution of pollen just simply because you know the, there's so much moisture in the air, pollen doesn't move very far when it's wet. And so my you know my thought would be yeah I mean I'm into covering techniques what they call covering techniques if you keep your plants low then or short you can then you know put a cover over the top and kind of bonnet it. Um, you know, like create an umbrella, tie in a frost blanket into the top of the tree will actually protect, a, if you keep your apricots low, it'll keep your bloom protected for your apricots. I mean, that's a technique that we developed at Dave, when I was with Dave Wilson Nursery years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, those are things you can do if you, if you practice size control and you're keeping your, your plants lower and below, let's say below eight feet. And that's what I recommend. You keep all your fruit trees is below eight feet. Don't let them. Don't let anything get tall. But I, you know, I don't think you have to worry about much with citrus. Citrus, you know, is pretty acclimated to, you know, to Northern California. Does really well here. And so, I mean, good years and bad years. I I get I get fruit on all the citrus in my yard. I've got roughly about um, twenty citrus in my yard. And um, I don't I don't think I go a year without, without uh, an abundance of fruit. Maybe too many. <laughs> <laughs> Always enough to share. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> All right, did that answer your question, Julie? Um, I, 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 last year, my peach and my plum tree they lost all their flowers because of the wind and the birds. So this year, I, I have all my flowers, but I just want to make sure I maintain them so I have fruit. Because last year, I didn't have any fruit because all the flowers blew off. Yeah, you know, deciduous trees, you know, like peaches and plums and nectarines and things like that are going to have a lot more difficult problem, you know, in this kind of weather. And like I was saying earlier, I have I have pluots, those are plum apricot crosses here in my yard, and um, all two of them have bloomed really early every year, and that's the dappled dandy and the and the uh, flavor supreme, which means that most years I don't get huge crops on. Well, I get it. The double dandy always produces, no matter what. But the um, the flavor supreme that can be really bashful about producing. It's one of the most wonderful pieces of fruit. Definitely worth you know the wait. But um, I don't ever get abundant crops, and I can guarantee you this year is going to be one of those. Unless, and I don't cover you know my I don't put covers over my trees, although I used to. Um, I think I'm getting too old. <laughs> I just don't have the, <laughs> I don't have the gumption I used to have. <laughs> but that might be oh, something much... that the gardener could do. Oh, no, Julie's gardener could oh, do. Yeah. We're gonna, yeah, gonna, uh, we need to take a break. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll be right back. And uh, if Julie wants to hang on, if she has another question, we also have another call on line two, and I'll get your name during the break as well. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Bob Tannum in the Garden. With our guest, Ed Livo. From Tomorrow's Harvest, uh, Birchall Nursery, uh, out of the Central Valley, I'm going to say. Um, he's, she's kinda, he's, he's definitely in the – he's been all over the world, um, especially in my world. So it's been, been great to know you too, Ed. <laughs> all right, we've got more calls, so we're going to jump right on in. 
<laughs> let's go to Sharon from San Jose. Um, I don't remember what line Sharon's on, but let's let's talk to Sharon. Well, I'm here. I'm I'm so excited to hear you mention the Caracara. Our friend, our kids came from San Luis Obispo area and brought us one. And she said they're a local orange, and so I don't see them here. I live in South San Jose, so I'm very excited to hear more about this this orange. Is it an orange or a mandarin? Oh, it's an orange. It's absolutely an orange, and um, and it's it, it it's definitely kind of a a new generation of orange, if you will. Um, it, it you know it's got red flesh to it. It's very early. It's like uh, almost two months earlier. Then um, the Washington Naval Parent, Washington, which everybody knows very well, of course. And, um, yeah, you can grow it in your yard just, uh, just like you can grow any other citrus, and uh, it's available to the, to the public. Yeah, in South San Jose. I mean, you're in Morgan Hill, so you know the weather here. And our clay oh, soil, that's, it's still a good choice? Well, clay soil, of course, is, goes back to the beginning of the program, and that is you really want to mound everything. You want to get everything above the soil line, get your root established above the soil line, and that'll help to protect it against, you know, what the big problems with heavy clay soil is. And clay soil is really nutritious. It's got a lot of nutrient in it. So it really, the only problem is, is that, you know, it has tremendous water holding capacity and, and when it gets saturated, it doesn't move. And so it uh, lacks oxygen. So, by creating a mound and getting your roots, part of your root system established above the soil line, you create a buffer zone of oxygen available down to the root. So that's that's just a really good practice for anybody growing in any home garden situation in California, I believe. Unfortunately, we learned that a little bit too late, but with some of our other <laughs> things. But uh, is I, the other thing that I was wondering about um, – um, how soon would you get orange production if you were to buy, you know, like you were talking about the the Costco-sized tree? How long do you well, – how... Well, the, the Costco – we don't sell citrus at Costco. Actually, a, 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 another nursery does that. And, and I, I do see that they have Karakara occasionally. Um, you can get Karakara online at um, tomorrowsharvest.com. Um, and any of the nurseries that we, you know, provide uh, plant material to throughout the Bay Area. But um, my um, my thought would be this, that Karkara, I think, is pretty what they call precocious. It sets young and it sets, you know, uh, abundantly when it's young. So uh, I could I could see where, you know, you plant, uh, you know, just a, a liner, a sized plant, a small-sized plant, and you'd have fruit within three years. Abundance. <laughs> The reason I'm asking that question is that I'm 80. <laughs> oh, there you <laughs> go. I want to have I, I want to have some of this fruit. Well, thank you very much. My second question was that um, um, I, um, with the water, one thing that I have been doing is um, when I feel like things are getting too saturated, I get get my shovel out and I just shovel a big bunch of dirt out from underneath the drip line. And I just set it aside so I can have maybe, like under my orange tree now, I have, um, you know, two or three big shovelfuls kind of dug out, hoping that, you know, there will get some air down in there. Is that damaging or is that okay? Or Well, you've got to be careful around citrus because citrus is a very surface-rooted plant. 
And so a lot of its feeder root is closer to the closer to the surface. So I don't necessarily recommend that. If you don't, if your citrus is older and established, and it seems to be you know doing well despite the fact that you know we have these heavy heavy rains, I wouldn't worry about it at all. Um, you know, there's something to be said about plants that have you know been in locations for long periods of time and. Despite the fact that you know it looks like it's the worst place that you could plant a plant, the, the thing seems to be thriving. I wouldn't, I wouldn't question that. That's probably, you know, a waste of time. But, but I think moreover, just pay attention so that anything you plant going forward isn't you know subject to that um, and getting established. All right. Well, um, yeah, thank you very much for calling in, Sharon. And uh, we want to uh, talk to Anne from Berkeley next. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about aeration, the, the, the soil. But anyway, let's talk to Anne. Good morning, Anne. How are you? Good morning, Edie. I'm doing a lot better. I have questions concerning baby fig tree that I have okay. in a small pot. Um, and I was supposed to last year transfer to a bigger pot, but due to my health, it didn't happen. And I was going to transfer to a bigger pot, hopefully within the month. Um, I did have figs on it last year. The squirrels and the raccoons got it. <laughs> but we can see it. I can see it. But I, yep. I couldn't get out there. My daughter was too busy to the next thing we know. They were gone. Um, and so I need care and feeding of the baby fig tree and also a Meyer lemon tree. It may be gone because I couldn't get it protected um, before the freeze, you know, when we had um, I think the lowest was 26 so far uh, this past, this winter. Um, yeah. I'm sure I got down to 26. So it's out there in the sun, and it just had a little bit of wrap around as tall as the baby tree is. But uh, I, I didn't know. I think that that's way too low for a mire because it couldn't get well, actually. Actually, Meyer is one of the more cold hardy of all the uh, citrus. I mean, it rates it rates right up with the Awari Satsuma Mandarin, which is probably renowned being one of the most cold hardy. Um, but you know, I, I I think the most important thing is that you know plants be hydrated, you know, very well watered before they go into these cold periods. And definitely, if you can provide some kind of protection, like a frost blanket thrown over the top of the tree, you know, of course that'll buy you a few degrees as well. Um, and as far as transplanting a fig is concerned, I mean, I've got figs in containers here that I've enjoyed for years. Um, figs, figs are great container plants, but they do need to be shifted um, pretty pretty regularly, like with about once every three years. And so, you know, I would just recommend that you just do that. Just go ahead and shift it into the next container. Rough up the roots real good when you're shifting it so that um, the root expands into the new soil quickly. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I, I think that uh, figs are great. Um, could you tell me there is clay um, soil here, but should I mix that with bagged potting mix? No, not at all. Mix? No, just no, just go with straight potting potting soil. Don't don't even bother uh, putting any kind of regular soil in it at all. The potting soil is just that. It's formulated for growing plants in containers and 
I mean, citrus loves being grown in containers. It doesn't need anything special at all, really, except for being fed regularly, which, of course, figs do too. But um, and, and I think that if there's any plant that's ideal for container growing, it's definitely the citrus, any citrus. And Meyer lemons are probably one of the most popular um, container-grown citrus in the world. Well, we've got another call um, to finish up our hour, and thank you so much for calling in, Anne. I always have to always get calls at the end of the show, although I'm to rush them around. Uh, let's go to Gary, and he's got a, a rainwater recycling question. Hey, Gary. Yes, uh, this is Gary, the turtle rescue in Castor Valley, and your dad knew me pretty good. I'm sorry he's gone. I'm mm-hmm. getting up there, too. Anyway, yeah. um, I wanted, I've got 3,000 gallons of water collected so far from the rain. And I've got a lot more left than I've got to do something with. And I wonder whether I can dump it down my wellhead. Yeah, I'm sure you could. I don't know why you couldn't. I mean, I, mm-hmm. and, and what are you, are you doing rooftop water collection? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not drinking water. It's used uh, for the animals to drink, so it's not a problem. Uh, oh, and, okay, um, all right. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing it. Okay, that, I get it. Yeah, I do rooftop water collection. So i got about 1,000 gallons at my house, and I use it primarily – in the spring to divert to, to delay my my use of municipal water here so i you know put it onto my potted plants and i put it onto my vegetable starts and you know and water some of my fruit trees with it and uh it, it works out great but i have a small pump that i use and and i run it and hook it up into my irrigation system and run it that way but uh i wouldn't see why you just couldn't dump it in your wellhead no um i, I, I don't I, it, it may very well Extra fall room. out of my realm of expertise, Gary. Though, if I... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, ask at the you. Uh, the well expertise company, but it's, uh, it doesn't sound like a bad idea at all. <laughs> no, it doesn't. All right. Well, we are we are out of time. Um, but thank you, everybody, for calling in and movies, TV shows, books, podcasts, and more. It's what women binge with Melissa Joan Hart and her friend Amanda Lee. Scott Grimes is here Thank with you. us. Voiceover, that is like my dream job. I think I just have too distinctive a voice and I can't manipulate it. That's why I'm right. not a good singer. This is how great Seth MacFarlane is. I went in to do it and I was talking like this and he goes, good, now just get rid of the neck thing that you just did because it's one, it's ugly. And then I just came out like this and came up with this guy named Steve Smith who has a tiny little lisp, but so does Scott Grimes, so it's perfect. What women binge wherever you listen.